Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Call for Freedom podcast. On this edition, we're going into 1 Kings chapter 10, when we really talk about the Queen of Sheba. And we're going to dive deep into this in this episode. Um, This episode might be a little longer form, only because I have the time to really dive deep and, and go into it. So, stay tuned. I hope you enjoy this. We're going to talk a little bit about some history. We're going to go back into some scriptures um, and really show you why the story of the Queen of Sheba is so important. So let's get into it. The Queen of Sheba. Now, when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue. For those of you who don't know what a retinue is, it is a group of ambassadors, um, or counselors, or advisors with camels bearing spices with very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind, and Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendants of his servants, their clothing, their, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. As she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, The half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your men, happy are your servants, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, He has made you king, that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the fleet of Haram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought from Ophir a very great amount of almugwood and precious stones, and the king made of the almugwood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also lyres and harps, 
for the singers. No such amog wood has come or been seen to this day. And King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all that she desired. Whatever she asked besides what was given her by the bounty of King Solomon. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold. Besides that which came from the explorers and from the business of the merchants and from all the kings of the west and from the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three minas of gold went into each shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with the finest gold. The throne had six steps, and the throne had a round top. And on each side of the seat were armrests and two lions standing beside the armrests, while twelve lions stood there, one on each of, the st of a step on the six steps. The like of it was never made in any kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. None were of silver. Silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon. For the king had a fleet of ships of Tarshish at sea with the fleet of Haram. Once every three years, the fleet of ships of Tarshish used to come bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Every one of them brought his present, articles of silver and gold, garments, myrrh, spices, horses and mules, so much year by year. And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. And the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone. And he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And Solomon's import of horses was from Egypt and Ku, and the king's traders received them from Ku at a price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And so through the king's traders, they were exported to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. So most of that chapter went on to talk about uh, Solomon's wealth. But before we get into the devotional of this chapter, I want to dive or I want to dive deeper 
into the Queen of Sheba because I've heard a lot of people talk about the Queen of Sheba and there's not much historical context outside the Bible but but there is which only affirms her uh, her as a historical figure you know so let's dive a little deeper into this Who was the Queen of Sheba? According to the biblical narrative, she was a woman of great wealth, beauty, and power. Sheba believed to be either in Ethiopia or Yemen by most biblical scholars. was a well-established city, and although there is little evidence outside the Bible as to the nature of the monarchy and how it was established, it is clear that the Queen of Sheba ruled alone and was not enamored with religions in her own land. She traveled to Jerusalem as she had heard the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord and came to test Solomon with hard questions, which we read in verse 1. As God had granted Solomon the gift of wisdom, nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. After a meal together, the Queen of Sheba declares how impressed she is with Solomon's answers, hospitality, and the reputation that preceded him. The story ends with an exchange of resources and she returns home to her own country. Now the sources outside the Bible suggest that the Queen of Sheba conceived a child in secret with King Solomon. While some Bible commentators have suggested that the nameless woman in the Song of Solomon is the Queen of Sheba and the man being King Solomon. Both are speculative and while interesting, cannot be declared a fact. But it is interesting that Solomon would write that down. Um, it's something to think about uh, because we, in, in the future, we'll talk a little bit more about how Solomon turned away from the Lord because know Solomon, he had a problem with women, just kind of like his father in a way. So it doesn't surprise me that he may have slept with the Queen of Sheba. Now, whether she has any relationship to the Sheba mentioned in Genesis chapter 10, where the Sheba is mentioned from the sons of Cush, Sheba, Havilah, Sabta, Ramah, and Saptaka. The sons of Ramah were Sheba and Dedan. The queen is a possible ancestor of the Sheba back in Genesis. And also, uh, verse 28, where it goes back to talk about Abal, Abimel and Sheba. And 
there's a difference between the man and the woman where the woman has an H in the name and the man does not. Or she was an ancestor of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, which is found in uh, Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 27 says, And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, uh, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. We can see here that in the Bible and some outside sources are saying that um, the Queen of Sheba is possibly an ancestor of future queens that are mentioned in the Bible as well as an ancestor um, or a descendant of the Sheba back in Genesis. Uh, she is also mentioned again in the New Testament by an alternative title, the Queen of the South. And how do we know that's her? Because they pretty much mentioned her. Matthew mentions her in verse 42, where it says, The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So obviously... That's most likely her. I mean, there, there's only one uh, person that they could be talking about. Uh, Luke also mentioned this, the same thing in verse or chapter 11, verse 31. Jesus also refers to her and reaffirming her historical um, figureship, if you will. And he uses her as a means to illustrate the point that despite being originally pagan in belief, a Gentile in race, the Queen of Sheba recognized the truth and reality of God based on what she asked Solomon. Unlike the religious leaders, the Pharisees, who opposed Jesus, and they would be condemned for their ignorant and defiant behavior. There's two lessons that can be learned from this story. First, like King Solomon, believers are to show evidence of God's favor in their lives, whatever their role, profession, or environment, because obviously he showed her evidence, which led her to recognize the truth. Second, the reputation of believers should precede them by their godly words and actions, for we are Christ's ambassadors. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Now let's go back to verse 3, where it says, So Solomon answered all the Queen of Sheba's questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. Skeptics can be a distraction in our walk with the Lord. Some are not all interested in truth. They are just being belligerent trying to wear us down with vain disputes. 
As a college student, the theologian Dr. Carl F. Henry began preaching on the street corners in LA and encountered a person like this. And he wrote, in one of my last street meetings, during my college years, a heckler kept shouting, where did Cain get his wife? When I could ignore the disturber no longer, I replied, when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. Suppose he isn't in heaven, said the dis disruptor. And I retorted, then you can ask him. While that was a rather harshly humorous illustration, Jesus did warn us not to waste our time spreading pearls before swine, which is found in Matthew chapter 7. But he does not want us to always be ready, or he, he does want us to always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. So, basically, what, he, what Pastor Ed Ray is saying here is, why would you try to, why waste your time? If you know someone's heart is very hard, and you know they're not going to open up their heart and open up their minds to what you feel and why you feel the way you do about God, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time dangling pearls before the swine, right? That's what Jesus said. But like he said, he wants us to be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. So if somebody comes up to you and go, why are you so positive? Why does nothing bother you? Your defense can be, because God is always with me. And that is found in 1 Peter chapter 3. We are to study and be ready to give honest answers to questions asked by honest seekers, like the Queen of Sheba who came to Solomon. She came with hard but honest questions. She was not a heckler. God has answers for the honest seekers. So they could be pagan. They could be atheists. But if they're honest and earnest about their questions, then we should give them honest answers and point them in the right direction. Solomon was able to give uh, able to answer the queen's questions because he had asked God for wisdom and God had given it to him. James tells us that God still gives us wisdom to those that seek him for it. God promised through Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 29. Lord, that is our prayer. We ask you for wisdom. And not the wisdom of humans. So that those who ask us questions might find your love and forgiveness. 
Give us all that we need to be useful to you in your kingdom this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.